Hello, everybody. Mega Zodiac here. Back at it again to give you another very exciting video. And for today, yes, marks my 13th episode of Barzarcast podcast. And man, oh man. But before I get too far into the show, I do have some important news to go ahead and discuss because I think for most people, at least, at least for most people, if you're following me on Twitter, you probably already know about this. Or if you happen to be one of the people that actually visited my website, that um I, I went ahead and announced it there. But here it is right here on this podcast, though. I managed to actually get my Zarcast podcast on Spotify. And I also managed to get it on Google. And I also managed to get it on Apple Podcasts. Yes, I'm on those three servers with it right now. I think currently at the moment, I think I have seven or so episodes uploaded, ready to go. However, I will get the rest of them caught up to at least episode 12. Hopefully by the time I have my episode 14 podcast. But yeah, I'm, I've been slowly kind of turning them out. Either one episode per day or one every other day. That's how I've been sort of kind of dropping out the, the podcast in terms of like their frequency or whatever, though. So it does seem like a lot of them are coming out one time. But uh, obviously, it's ones that are already up and available on YouTube. And I think the plan is once I finally get it all caught up, I do want to find a way where I'll, basically I'll go live on YouTube for the podcast on the Sunday night. Basically, let it be exclusive to YouTube all throughout Monday. And then basically on Tuesday, I'll open it up and throw it out on the different podcast servers, you know, Google, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. For some odd reason, when I upload it to those um, those servers, it seems like Apple as well as Spotify are really quick. I think within like 20 minutes or so, the podcast is up on those services. However, for Google, I don't know why it's like this. It, it can be anything ranging from like seven hours at the fastest almost so like a little more than a day and I'm, I I don't know why it's like that it it just it just seems to be that way and for some oddball reason don't know why I wish it was a little bit faster on Google but that's just a quick heads up if that's your preferred method of actually listening to those podcasts Google's a little bit slower but Spotify and Apple like to be a little faster don't know I've been trying to work with it but that's just the update on that though so yeah I just want to spread that little bit of good news I am expanding this podcast out. There's other a few little twists that I want to actually add up into the podcast. You won't see all of them implemented within tonight's podcast, but hopefully by the next podcast, I'll be able to incorporate some a couple new things. Might even manage to actually have a guest up on the um on the podcast next week, though. So yeah, so I'm I I am hopeful to be able to go ahead and go through all of that though. So that's at least my raw plans though. But anyway, I, I got a lot of stuff to talk about within my pop culture segment, as well as uh, my gaming stuff, as well as um, I'm adding a new segment in for um, for this show, uh, What You've Been Playing. Basically, for anybody that's here and talking, I'll, I'll be kind of going through that. Now, in terms of, you know, other people I have here on the show right now, uh, currently it is just me right now. I think everybody else might be tied up for the moment, or you never know with these things. I, I you know, I always had this thing open up on Discord and stuff, so you never know when one of my friends might actually to pop up in there having me to cause me to have to go through there and change my description box and all that stuff though but yeah so we'll, we'll basically kind of go through that um and you know just take it as we go though but uh without any further ado let's go ahead and dive straight up into our little pop culture segment because i do have to discuss it yes uh marvel studios black widow has managed to drop out uh roughly about almost a couple of weeks ago or you know two weeks two fridays ago essentially though I went ahead and I actually already reviewed that on the channel. So if you happen to want to hear my thoughts about what I thought about the, the movie as a whole, uh, my review is up there on the channel at the moment right now. And honestly, I really did think that this was a really good, solid movie. Uh, definitely an homage um, to Black Widow, her character, and a love letter to all the fans. that I, I still feel pretty bad about her getting cut from Endgame like that. Didn't get to stand up there with all the other women superheroes like that during that one moment during that one moment in the movie though so i did feel a little bit upset about that though but honestly it's a pretty good solid movie ain't nothing super crazy though but i guess and it, like if i had to rank with some of the other like um uh, movies i'll i'll definitely say this is like 
somewhere between mid-tier and like the 75%, not not, not quite 50%, somewhere between the 70% to like a 80% tier. Like I thought it was solid in its own right, but it wasn't nothing crazy or nothing like that. It didn't really expand upon the lore. And you can hear more about my thoughts within that one review though, but I don't want to go too much into it since I already have a whole nother video that's sort of kind of dedicated to it though. But that's basically all I have to say on Black Widow. If you hadn't already saw it, go watch it on Disney+. Plus. Go watch it in the movie theaters. Uh, it's, it's a good watch. You ain't going to regret it. Don't be like my friend Sonic Hughes said. Like, I ain't going to watch this movie because it has a dead character. So there's no relevance to the um, the MCU um, in terms of its timeline and all that stuff. Like, I, like, just watch it. It's just a solid movie. It's just a solid movie. But, when, but enough said on that. Let's go ahead and dive up into my second topic. Because I did actually manage to watch this show. And it is none other... Man, Monsters, Inc., you know, like the Disney Plus series show. And I did mention in my last podcast that, yes, I was going to go through and watch it and kind of give my thoughts about what I kind of thought about this show. I watched the first two episodes, and at least with those two episodes, I was like, okay, you know what? It's all right. It ain't nothing too crazy. It's okay. I mean, the, the whole plot uh, premises on it is you have these monsters, and you have this like this new dude, this purple dude. I you know it, it, it's too short of a series so far. There's only three episodes out at, at at the current moment, I believe, and I hadn't watched the third episode just yet though. But um, too early on for me to memorize all the names though. Besides Mike and Sully right here though. But anyway, this this new dude comes off the block and he was like, you know what? Uh, he he was essentially getting taught at that university that we saw in Monsters Inc. Two or yeah yeah Monsters Inc. Two. And he was training to be a scare or whatever, though. But obviously, in the events that happened after the first movie, they went from scaring to going and start to go the whole laughter business. So by the time he actually showed up at the work, because he got like a special invitation to be sent over there. Uh, by the time he by the time he got sent over there, uh, they made this rough transition. So they basically sent him underground to work with a group of people that basically does all the maintenance on everything like the doors the facility everything else like that and it's basically like him having this uh show it's primarily focused around him you do get to see mike and Sully occasionally along the way though but it's primarily focused around him and how he's trying to get on that quote-unquote new laugh floor instead of a scare floor now and that's the whole premises of the or the whole series and i'm pretty sure by the end of it um, to be honest, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler or not. Really, it ain't, but this is just my real own prediction. I feel like he's going to get attached to those other characters that are actually um, working on the maintenance. So all this time he wanted to get on that laugh floor. But I feel like at the end of the day, he's going to be wanting to stay with the crew that he's been assigned to for this temporary time period or whatever, though. But that's basically the whole gist of it. So it's pretty nice. I actually do like that that new opening that they have. Like I always love that little jazzy theme opening that they have for Monsters Inc. But the different twists with them actually going through and doing it where there's like a person kind of singing it in like a sort of kind of almost like an acapella. Well, not yeah, sort of kind of acapella kind of way. Um, him singing it like that though, it is a little different. But I still like it at the end of the day. So I mean, but yeah, that that's basically what I'm thinking about. Or that's all my thoughts on this one series. So give it a give it a shot. I mean, it's on Disney Plus. You have it. I mean, just just give it a watch. I mean, it, it's a, it's a pretty nice little fun little watch. But I'm kind of curious the way how the rest of this series will play out though. Now the last major one and probably the biggest pop culture segment I have to talk about is yes, I went and I watched it. The Toon Squad versus the Goon Squad. Uh, the movie that shoot like we've been waiting for the sequel just as long as i've been born like i've been i was born in 1996 that's when the first movie came out and i i, I love the first space jam to death though but space jam a new legacy I, I have to sit there and get my thoughts on this though it's crazy to think that i heard from my brother that he said that originally this thing was rated on on rotten tomatoes at like a 33 something odd percent and i was like what the heck? I was like, you, you have got to be kidding me. I was like, like, why in the world is it ranked that low? I don't understand it. And I think it's mostly because it can't live up to the hype as what the first movie was. Because the first movie did a lot of things good. The only thing I was really upset about is 
at some point I was expecting them to play that come on and slam and welcome to the jam like I, I was expecting them to go ahead and then um, play that song soundtrack somewhere in the movie it could have been even in the credits but they didn't even do that I'm like what the heck I was like you gotta give a bone or well, they did toss some bones to us that like the original movie like they did get to sh show some cameos and you know if you watch the first movie you could probably expect the, char the characters that um that probably would play a cameo in this though but I was at least expecting them to throw me a bone or something. But um, I, guess, I guess that wasn't the case, though. Now, obviously, this movie was focused around LeBron James because, you know, first one's Michael Jordan. This one's about him. And in terms of the comedy, you, you know, I, despite what everybody says about this movie, the comedy, I think, is what actually sold it. Like, there's this little moments. Like, for example, I'll give you, I'll give you like one little snippet of the thing. It's like... It was like basically the whole plot is um is centered around LeBron and his son, and basically his son wants him to be as himself, but LeBron is trying to eat like push his passion of basketball onto the kid, and the kid is actually um really focused on you know gaming like he, he likes gaming, which there was a lot of ties I even like with that within myself. Like you really got to see the dude playing an original Game Boy. Uh, it could have been a Game Boy Color, but whatever, though. But an original Game Boy, um, during one of his basketball practices, I was like, dang, I was like, I was like, a Game Boy? I was like, I was like, what? I was like, oh, okay. But, but you know how it is, though. But anyway, they, they had a lot of different gaming stuff. They even had him as the kid, as like he was trying to focus on making games and stuff. He was probably creating like a basketball game or whatever, though. Like there was an E3 camp or boot camp or whatever you want to call it though e3 camp um to help improve um people that want to make games or whatever those so I, I just felt like there was just a lot of ties like if you like games like obviously such as myself along with my other friends you find a lot of strong um resemblance to what this kid is going through that makes some very strong little ties at least to us and us that likes games or likes to work within that industry and whatnot though but yeah, but outside of that, I thought the comedy was the the best part about it. In terms of the plot, I felt like it was really rushed. Like we got to the basketball game like within like the span of an hour. And I was like, what the freak? Like I paused the movie halfway through and I was like, dang, we're already here. I was like, I thought the movie was about to end. But I think they really stretched out that basketball game out for like the, the greater half of what was almost the second half of that movie, though. But honestly, it, it was some of the thought, like, you know, like, between all the Looney Tunes and stuff, it's always great to see their, their wacky interactions with LeBron and everything else they kind of bring up to the table, though. But Granny, during some of those moments, I ain't I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, Granny, during some of those moments, had, had me rolling and my family rolling. I was like, oh, shoot, I wasn't expecting to do all of this stuff. And the references from all the different Warner Brothers movies, like, I, I guess... It was an interesting tie to be able to actually have all of these different cameos, references, and all this stuff from all the different Warner Brother um, properties, which actually made it kind of unique and you know quite drastically different from the original one. Although it kind of makes it a small little knock, like like you're not super original because you did have to rely on some of the things though. But I did like the cameos nonetheless. Like some of them were pretty funny though, especially that one moment. And I won't spoil it too much though, where Taz managed to actually um, get dropped up in there because they had to round up some of the Looney Tunes that you know the prepare the basketball game or whatever though. And they picked up Taz. And I was like, where the frick did he come from um, during that one scene? And then you got to see two characters up there. I won't say who they are, though. But then when you see them, it's like, really? What the heck? Like, there was like a lot of what the heck moments in this movie, though, that I really disliked and enjoyed, though. So honestly, it's a really cool, nice little fun watch. Don't pay attention to what the Rotten Tomato says, because, I, I mean, if, if you're ever watching a movie, I mean, that, that's, that will be your number one mistake, is if you ever pay attention to the, the Rotten Tomatoes, so, so ignore that, watch it for what it is, don't try to think too much of the original one, and I still think you're going to have a, a very good, solid, nice time with this movie, though, I'm, I'm just saying, though, I'm just saying, though, but that's basically my short little synopsis of what I basically like about this movie though but if you saw the movie let me know in the comment section down below what all that you think about it and uh i, I just want to hear your thoughts because uh it, it's interesting and the way how they ended the movie made it seem like a little bit more stuff could be coming in the future i'm just saying but th that's just what i personally um think about it though but 
that's almost all of the thoughts I had, at least for this first, or at least for this one topic, though. But that's going to pretty much conclude all of the gaming, uh, not gaming, that's going to conclude all the pop culture segments segments that I have to go through and discuss. But let's go ahead and jump into our gaming news segment, though, because the first one I have to talk about, oh, shoot, the long-awaited rumor is finally over. We have the Nintendo Switch Pro. The long-awaited, almost like a messiah for gaming, and the way how people have been talking this stuff up. I kid you not, people have been talking about this as a hot topic for a whole entire year and a half, and I was like, I was almost getting to the point where I was almost sick and tired of hearing it, to the point where I was like, you know what, if someone mentioned Switch Pro, or had a picture of a Switch that looked beefed up or whatever in their thumbnail, I was going to cut it, and I wasn't going to listen to anything else they were going to say. Have you ever heard of the the have you ever heard the saying too much of a good thing is a bad thing? I really wanted to switch pro, but it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I, it was very hard for me to believe whether it was coming or not. But on one random old day, early in the morning, Nintendo went ahead and dropped out a tweet saying, Yes, the Switch or well, wasn't the Switch Pro that we all thought was gonna get called the Nintendo Switch OLED model is coming out. On the same day that Metroid Dread is coming out, which if you're looking at the colors with the white, it kind of matches the Emmy. So I was like, ooh, I was like, okay, y'all trying to push this Metroid Dread. I like that though. But honestly, the main difference with this OLED is basically if you're a handheld person, this is going to be the system for you because the main difference is mostly applies to you playing it in handheld. Yes, the, the screen's going from like, I think a 6.4 inch um, that's on the original switch getting stretched out to seven inches and then the, the bezel that's around it It basically shrinks like that. So that little black bezel that's around the, the spot on the switch That gets shrink. So then you have a seven inch screen Obviously the screen itself is OLED The display on it is still 720p. They didn't beat that up to 1080 or nothing like that Or it basically takes a toll on your battery life. So that is all the same uh, they did change the dock out. Obviously, it's a white-looking dock. It has curves on it, and they took out the third USB port, USB port off of the back of the Switch and replaced it with an Ethernet port, which, you know, thank goodness, hey, that's finally there. Though, if you still have a regular Switch, you probably have, like, a USB to a um, an Ethernet port dongle or whatever, though. That's what most people have to do. They changed that. Obviously, you got some white-looking Joy-Cons, and it doesn't come in just this white model. I mean, that's like the, the flagship, you know, easy-markable, you know, th this is different compared to what we previously had. But it's not in just that color. There's also the neon red and blue style one. Basically, it looks like the same regular Switch colors, just the OLED model. And outside of that, there's also a wider kickstand on the Switch. Um, the volume on it is more, or is enhanced a little bit more. And I think I about hit every quarter what the Switch OLED model is. So basically, if you're one of those people that doesn't really play your Switch in handheld mode that much, there is, you might have thought there might have did some enhancements with dot play, but no, it's the same chip that's up inside of this thing. And it, it's going to display out to your, um, your TV just the same way. Now, if you really like the dock and the way how it looks and you like the ethernet port that's built up in it nintendo will sell the dock separately but it will be only through their nintendo website you can't actually walk into a retailer and buy them separately though but that's how they're going to handle that so outside of that if you're not really a handheld player or obviously if you're not like a, a big youtube star or whatever though where you have to review it to kind of get them likes views and you know drive a form of discussion and whatnot Honestly, you can honestly skip this because I was thinking about it, but then I decided to skip and I was like, you know what? And I was like, eh, it, it, it ain't for me. I thought it could have been, but once they said that basically going to run the same Switch games at the same way as the original base model, I mean, it, it wasn't doing too much for me um in that regard though it is a little bit disappointing though but i mean hey you know that that's what happens when you get baited into all of those leaks all of those rumors and whatnot though and your expectations start going a little too high and then all of a sudden nintendo throws this curveball at you because they you know nintendo's known for throwing them curveballs and uh and then it hits you square on the head and then you're like oh then you just want to complain on the internet and all this stuff ooh, ooh, ooh. and i'm like well yeah and i like how most people said they weren't gonna get it yeah when these pre-orders went up, because, yes, the pre-orders already went up for this thing. 
they sold out real fast. I don't know if it's still the COVID effect and the chip shortages, probably so, but that thing sold out real fast. For people that said, I wasn't going to get it, yeah, right. I saw that thing sell out like like right in front of me. I wasn't going to buy it or nothing, but I had it pulled up like Walmart, Best Buy, when those certain websites went up, GameStop, to see how quickly that went in and out of stock. It seems like the white one was definitely a hot one that was going out as compared to the neon red and blue, which not that many people wanted as much. However, I did notice that for anybody that ordered the red and blue one at Walmart, for some all about reason, um, Walmart's been pretty generous with giving, and they literally marked that sucker down to the point where normally this switches, the OLED model is supposed to cost $350. They actually discounted that sucker all the way down to $300. I was like, what the heck? I was like, I'm, Walmart is the company that just keeps on giving. Because I remember, um, even with my Metroid Dread um, Limited Edition, they literally marked that sucker down from like 80, or no, well, no it retails at, um, the special edition retails at 90 bucks. They marked mine down all the way down to 52 bucks at Walmart. I was like, oh shoot. So you're telling me if they hold that competitive, they mark it as a competitor price match. If they manage to hold that down to 52 bucks, that's going to be eight bucks cheaper than the MSRP of the regular standard edition. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm going to keep an eye on Walmart in the future. If I have to order anything that's like a limited edition or anything like that, I might place, place a second order with Walmart because I think Walmart has been trying to give out them low-key hit, um, those low-key um, hookups because I think they just kind of want you to get in their store to hope that you're going to buy something else. And I think that's the reason why, like on a lot of Switch games, they're not marked as like 60 bucks. They're marked down to 50 bucks almost every time I walk up in there, though. But yeah, that is something to kind of keep in mind if, you know, if, you, if you're trying to always kind of buy some cheaper games. And, you know, Walmart ain't, you know, as bad as a company as what you might think. I usually get most of my stuff from Best Buy, though, but you might want to check Walmart out every now and then, though. Hey, I'm just saying, though. But that's pretty much it in terms of the Switch OLED model that I have discussed. But y'all got to let me know um, whether or not y'all actually managed to get it or if you're still thinking or contemplating on whether or not you're going to try to pick one of these suckers up because, uh, uh, I mean, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's not for me. And I really do feel like Nintendo really wanted to have this to be the quote-unquote Switch Pro. That's like a beefed-up internal memory and all of this stuff. is has a better GPU, better chip in it, where you're able to actually play your games and run them a lot smoother. But I have a feeling that because of the chip shortages, the company came to them and said, hey, we can't give you this. And Nintendo over there sitting like, dang, what are we going to do with all of these extra Switch models? And uh, with all of these OLED screens, are we going to let them sit in the warehouse and collect dust? Or could we rebrand it, call it the OLED model, and then uh, we, can, we can bundle that up and ship it out the door now. And if there are future chips in there, we can call that the Switch Pro in the future. Or if the timing gets thrown off drastically or whatever, though, then honestly, they could just save all their resources and wait for the Switch successor with like the Switch 2 or whatever, though, the next gen. Well, I think that's pretty much all I have to say on the Switch OLED model, though. So we might as well go ahead and jump into the next topic. And yes, you might be looking at the screen if you're watching the YouTube version of this. But yes, y'all might have heard something about this within the news on Twitter. And at first, you might have thought it was a joke. You might have thought it might have been a parody. But no, th th this is actually real. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. We all know Smash Brothers, right? Imagine Smash Brothers with legacy Nickelodeon cart cartoons such as SpongeBob, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Danny Phantom, uh, Rugrats, you know, e even them old ones like, like, shoot, even Hey Arnold, like old ones like that. They're, they're all up in this game right here. And I was like, what the heck? This is like a crazy list of all-star picks that they managed to actually manage to bring forward in, into this thing. I, I, I was like, I, I just could not believe that they brought all of these characters up in here. And I was like, man, okay, I, I, I see y'all. Now, this game is actually being created by the same people that made, I'm, I'm trying to remember, um, Slap City. These are the same developers that made Slap City are the ones that made this. It's going to have rollback netcode. It's going to have wave dashing, you know, from Super Smash Bros. Melee and all that stuff. I mean, it, it just makes me think. I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, I never in my wildest dreams 
what I see another Smash Alike or Smash Alike game that I actually has so much resonance with because of all the characters they chose. Like my boy Danny Phantom is up in it though. The one that really caught me by surprise was the when the, whenever they showed um the Rugrats rep being um Reptar. I was like, my boy Reptar. I was like, we go way back. But I was like, oh shoot. I was like, dang. So I was like, dang. Okay, all right. I I see y'all. I see y'all. I see y'all. And it's interesting because I'm like, well, now it's like people are kind of speculating on like, I think the best thing about this game being announced is just the memes. Like, if you've been on Twitter, like, oh, shoot, the memes have been absolutely ridiculous. Like, I, I encourage you to go through and just look through the, the crazy stuff that people have managed to actually um make, though. But I was like, okay. I was like... And the game is going to be selling for about 50 bucks or so. So it is a little bit on higher end. I was thinking it was going to be more so like a 40 bug game. But I mean, it's not badly priced or whatever, though. I feel like it might eventually go on sale a little over time, given enough time, though. But all the characters that they have shown so far from like Sandy Cheeks, SpongeBob, Danny Phantom, all of that stuff, even Helga from Hey Arnold and all that stuff. They showed a good chunk of characters so far, but I think they, they're saying that there's even more characters along the way. Um, and I know one of my characters I really do want on this game is um, my boy Aang. I feel like Korra's going to be in there, obviously, but I feel but I feel like Aang's also a shoo-in as well. So I was like, yes, p- please put my boy up in there. And I think between, you know, Danny Phantom up in there, my boy Leonardo's already in there. I think a good amount of Nickelodeon ones I actually have... Um, connections to are already in the game i think that they just need to add my boy jimmy neutron up in there i'm surprised they're not he's not up in here shoot i think they even want um jimmy's dad up in there i think that's a fairly good um choice up in there though but also i don't even think i'm trying to remember that trailer though but i want to say i couldn't even remember if timmy was up in the trailer like like that would be a given or at least some of his um fairly odd parents or something like that if he wasn't up in there i, I don't know i'm scratching my head i, I want to say he was but at the same time, I feel like I didn't see him. I don't know. That that should have been an obvious um given right there, though. But y'all gotta let me know what characters um make you actually um flip out whenever you actually got to see this or some you know predictions, and we can kind of treat it like Smash. Just go through and just you know think of all the Nickelodeon stars out there and say, hey, you know what? Uh, who would you like to actually be in this game? Now I will throw out my pie in the sky wish because uh this character has been on Nickelodeon before through Nicktoons. Uh, if I can't get this boy in uh, Smash Brothers, there's always a chance he can come over um, to this game and be in the Nickelodeon All-Stars. And yes, y'all might think I'm crazy, but we can still get on a boy Goku in here in one of these um, Smash-like games. I'm like, come on now. He he was in Nicktoons back in the day. Like, that's how I originally watched Dragon Ball Z Kai. Like, come on now, Nickelodeon. It's like, if you got to do, like, something crazy out of there, almost like a third-party pick, but not quite. I mean, you, you got to put my boy Goku up in there in some kind of way, man. I'm like, come on now. Like, it only makes sense. I was like, come on. I was like, it, it, that's right. I was like, you just got to put my boy up in there, though. But yeah, oh shoot. But this announcement has been really interesting. Been loving the memes, everything else in between though. But oh shoot, I I never thought we would have a game like this. And I don't know how well or how successful it might do, but it's still, but I think it's just going to have like a funny reaction on the internet, just seeing different people stream it though. But I do um, look forward to the day whenever it actually does drop because I think some craziness is going to happen online. I'm just going to put that out there though. But we might as well go ahead and move on to the next topic though. Now, next up, we did get a confirmation. I guess uh, right around the corner, we do have Persona's 25th anniversary that's actually dropping now. I'm like, yes. Thank goodness, because uh, I think we're due for some new games, new announcements, new projects, whatever, though. And I guess Atlas must have heard us, and they were like, you know what? We're going out with a bang with the with the 25th anniversary, because they didn't have not one announcement. They didn't have two, three, four, five, or six. No, they have seven announcements planned, starting from September is when they're going to announce the first one, and going all the way up to, like, autumn of 2022 is where the seventh announcement is going to be. And I'm I'm just I feel like the seven one is gonna be an obvious one. I think that's gonna be the Persona Six announcement, and we'll get like the we'll get the brand new trailer or whatever though, or a tease or you know however Atlas likes to does these things. I feel like that's what's gonna be shown right there, and um, it's just really going through and predicting what the first six are gonna be leading up to that what would be a seventh one. 
Now, if you look at the website, because they have like a they have a website 25th anniversary thing that shows cases off all the different projects that they have. And the very first one actually showcases it with like a yellowish kind of background um, right behind it. And with that yellow background, I did notice, I was like, wait a minute, you know how each Persona game almost has like a theme or sort of kind of color on it. The background in it is yellow and like a kind of glitched out yellow. And I'm like, wait a minute, we know what yellow is. That's Persona 4 or Persona 4 Golden. And I'm like, hmm, you know what? I was like, I have a feeling, at least for this first one, I think it might be almost safe to say that that's going to be them announcing that Persona 4 Golden that was um, originally this year managed to launch on Steam. So you can actually, you know, play that game on your PC and whatnot, though, for like 20 bucks or so. I feel like they're going to drop that game out on basically almost every modern console. I feel like they're going to bring it back over to PS4. I think they're actually going to bring it over to Switch. Might come to Xbox, you know, Xbox Game Pass and all that stuff. I feel like they're going to try to put it out everywhere where they could possibly do it. I have a strong sneaking suspicion it's something Persona 4 Golden related, and I think that's what they're going to do, because if they're already putting it on Steam, what else can they really do with it, to be honest, though? So I think the first game is a, a pretty solid lock right there. Now, it's predicting the other, oh, five other five other projects that are coming out in between then and there, though. Now, I will say this. Don't expect every single project to be about a game. Because if you're expecting it to be about a game, then that, that's too many, too much work. Like, like, literally, unless all of these projects that they're about to work on come out several, several, several years after when these um, things are going to be first announced, some of them might expect might take a little bit of time, like the uh, Persona 6. That, that goes without a given, though. But everything else, um, I, you, you can't have that many games. You don't have to slow it down a little bit, though. So I will say this, in terms of the other five that are between the Persona 4 Golden that I predicted on all other consoles and what would be a Persona 6 announcement, I think one of them is going to be a project about... It's going to be a mobile game. One of them is going to be a mobile game. And I think it's going to be like a crossover between like all the different Persona games. Um, they're, maybe do it as a gotcha, something like that. I feel like one of them is for sure going to be a mobile game. Don't know where it's going to be spaced out um, between the first and the last announcement. I have a feeling one of them is going to be a mobile game. The second one is going to be one of the Persona spinoffs. Literally, Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei. And then we're probably going to have a spin, or, you know, and then Persona Q2 is basically a spinoff of the spinoff. So, I mean, yeah. So, I feel like the other one is going to be a Persona Q3. Because Persona Q2, I think, was the last one we had. So, Persona Q3, I think, is going to be uh, for sure in, in this list. So, I, I'll go ahead and put that down. Uh, getting back on the game side of things, I think they're actually going to give out a definitive edition for Persona 3 and go ahead and put that out there. Because I heard... Um, I heard from some people that there's not like a best way to play Persona 3 based upon the way how like what it wanted the games. Um, I think it's like the original one where it's like you couldn't control your party members. They basically acted on its own. But then I think whenever they did uh, the PSP version or whenever they moved it over there, um, that's when they added like the female protagonist. Like you got to choose between them. They had like different options, different scenarios that were up in that game exclusive to that. So I think there are some things within the first version and some things in the second version that make them totally different so it's not like a definitive way to play but if you mix and match and put both of those two together then i think boom you might have something um going and going good so i think basically that persona 3 is going to basically be like a definitive sort of kind of like a like a like a remake sort of kind of ish but like a definitive version of persona 3 i think that one's going to be one where they had to put quite a bit of resources up in so like the persona 4 golden thing is just a Port, moving it to more stuff. Persona 3, I think, is actually going to be like a legit hardcore definitive, you know, edition thing. So I feel like they're going to put a lot of work up into that. So I mentioned Persona Q2. I mentioned the mobile game. I mentioned Persona 3 definitive edition. Uh, and then I feel like they're going to do some lo love to the original first two Personas in some way, shape, or form. But uh, I, I mean, I only got two more options left. And I doubt if they did um, this with both, I don't know. So I feel like maybe somehow they can maybe go through and give like an HD remaster, somehow modernize the first two games. I don't know how in what way, but um, somehow maybe give it like a remaster or something like that, or basically port them or move those 
two versions of the game to modern consoles. Somehow, some way, make Persona 1 and 2 playable on modern consoles. Some way. It could be a straight port. It could be a remaster. I doubt it's going to be a remake, like what I'm thinking what the Persona 3 Definitive Edition would be, but I, I don't know. I just feel like some kind of represent, representation of Persona 1 and 2 is going to be there. And then the very last thing I think is going to be some kind of anime project. Because, I mean, we already got one for Persona 5 and we got one for Persona 4. I can't remember if there's one for Persona 3. So maybe the anime will either be based upon either Persona 1 or Persona 2. I think that's what I'm actually going to do. Um, that. Oh, wait. Okay. So I got Sylvia on one of my good friends over here in the chat. And he's saying that uh, one of the projects is probably a concert. And I kind of doubt um, Q or. Uh, Q3 will happen. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay. You know what? A concert, that's not out of the realm of possibility either. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I mean, shoot, even the Sonic, the Sonic announcements and all that stuff for their anniversary, they had a concert as one of their um one of their little announcements or whatever though. So I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility. I can definitely see that though. But um, but Q3, I, I still lean a little more into Q3. I feel like they can do something unique with Q3, even though I think Q2 already had, like, I think a lot of crossovers between 3, 4, and 5, but I'm not necessarily sure if I remember if there was crossovers with the first two Persona games up in it, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but I just have a feeling that one is going to be Q3 because uh, I'm almost starting to run out of um, different things, though. But yeah, so I I feel like that, and yeah, even Sylveon said they um they even did a one of those things earlier for um Shimigami Tensei this year though. So yeah, so I think I think those are going to be all my predictions for Persona. So just to recap all of that, because it, it is a lot. I, I was I was saying the first thing was going to be Persona Four Golden moving over to all different consoles. Um, the other thing I was saying is Persona Q Three. The one after that, I was saying some kind of mobile game. Then I said a Persona 3 Definitive Edition, combining like the best of two different versions of that game. Then I said there was going to be an anime project of some kind, probably on emphasis on Persona 1 or 2. The other one I was going to say was, this is the, like, I think the lowest, the lowest I feel like that might happen, or at least my, um, my confidence of what I think it might happen. But Horror Over, Remaster, Doubt It's a Remake. Of Persona 1 or 2 or one or the other or something like that. Get that sort of kind of legacy of where the series has came from. That was going to be one of the other ones. And then lastly, um, the Persona 6 announcement is going to be that very last one. So I think that's basically all I'm expecting from the Persona 25th anniversary though. But y'all got to let me know um, what you're expecting from this or what, slash what do you want to see um, from this Persona um, anniversary though. But I, I'm really looking forward to it, though. And yes, right be shortly before this podcast, I managed to finally beat the stinking, uh, crappy Akumara boss. Ah, ooh, you know, the boss that's associated with Haru. I was like, uh-uh, I hate that boss. Literally took me three or four days to get over that slump. He was one of them kind of bosses where it's like, you, you play through it, you get your butt handed to you. And it's not just me, because I've seen this online with several different other people, because there were guides for all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, all right. But anyway, it's one of those kind of bosses I had to put down, walk away, recollect myself, and then go back in and again. And I was like, gosh, dang. I, I just felt so relieved to finally get past that boss. And now I I'm, I'm in like that last little final run within Persona, though. Uh, I think I'm at the rough 77-hour marker in this game. So getting close to the end of what would be like the regular game before the Royal Edition stuff. Because I think I'm on rank 8 uh, with the... Uh, I'm on rank 8 with the... Um, you know, that, that one dude, gosh dang, I'm not even thinking of the dude's name right now, though, but but the counselor, I'm on, I'm on rank eight with him, so I just got to get one more rank, and then I get the royal content unlocked and stuff, though, but yeah, oh shoot, I, I just have to throw that up in here while I was talking about Persona and all, though, so I really do love this series and stuff, and I'm really looking forward to uh, what they have off have on the table and what they're going to basically offer um moving forward um because this anniversary is basically going to last anything from 2021 up until 2022 though but that's basically all i have to say on the persona stuff though now moving on i do have to mention it i i, I had to, i had to talk about this it's my, it's my boy mario on a smartwatch, and you would think everybody would line their wallets up ready to go but apparently this one Walmart, I mean, not Walmart, this one limited edition watch was literally selling for 
$1,000 as its MSRP. I don't care who you are. Well, I don't think anybody in their rightful mind, unless you're a millionaire, needs to spend $2,000 on this watch. And I guess if you had the money to invest to get the watch, I'm pretty sure you can mark that sucker up easily to $4,000, $5,000 and probably make double or shoot even more than double on um, the amount of money back within your original investment though i will have to say but man i i, I just question i don't know what they were thinking about this and this is extremely limited because i think they're only printing or not printing so to say but they're only making two thousand um copies of this watch so i know when pre-orders go up it's going to I say this thing is going to sell out, but I'm like, who, who, who's really going to be quick to dish out $2,000? I don't know. Some people are. Somehow it's going to wind up selling out. I don't know how. You're going to see this thing go up on eBay for like $10,000. And I'm going to be like, like, I don't know what people are actually investing in nowadays. I just don't get it. But, oh, shoot. I don't know. It, it's sort of kind of frustrating me at the same time because I really do want that watch. But at the same time, I was like, ain't no way I'm going to drop that amount of money up on it, though. But y'all got to let me know, what the heck are y'all even thinking about with their announcement of this watch? Like, it's a little crazy, though, I will admit. But it does look cool um, from some of the pictures that I actually managed to see, though. So uh, if anybody wants to drop that money in my PayPal or if you want to cash at me, I mean, I, I accept that. Uh, just shoot me a message. I'll, I'll, I'll take the money. I'll take the money. I'll take the money. I might not be able to afford it to get the watch, but I'll take the money. I'll take the generous gift. But anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. That was just a short little news topic, though. But, oh, shoot. Ugh, dang. Uh, dang. If you're getting this watch, uh, mm, you might want to just leave that at home. Because uh, if you walk past me, I, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to keep it real with y'all. I'm just going to take it. Now, next up, we got our boy Reggie. This dude literally said he was going to retire from Nintendo. And honestly, I thought he was, you know, going to chill out, you know, kick his feet up, be at the Bahamas or something like that, sipping on like a ice cold lemonade or whatever, though, knowing that he did his job good at Nintendo of America, though. But this dude still likes to work. Like, he was working partly with GameStop for a little bit before he dipped back out of that. And now, apparently, he's working on a new book called Disrupting the Game from, you know, from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo, Reggie Fisume. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's going to be interesting. You know, that's an instant buy for me because, you know, I, I feel like literally this is almost turning into like a trilogy or almost like almost what could be a Triforce um, for Reggie. Because or not Reggie for um some of the Nintendo people making books because like we have the Awada Ass book and now I'm gonna have to get this one to add in my collection with this um from Reggie as well though. So I'm like, okay, you know what? That that's pretty nice. I was like, all right. I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, all right. I, I feel like I feel like we can I feel like we can get this. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna put it right next to my book. I'm gonna enjoy it. Cause I am kind of curious exactly how Reggie kind of went from, you know, his original starting point in his life and his career to getting all the way up to being the being the president of Nintendo of America. Because from the little bits of stuff that I actually managed to read from the Water Ass book, I mean that's been sort of kind of inspirational and very unique just seeing um Awada and how he was um going throughout his life and how he managed to um work with oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the the name of the company though, but the, the you know that company that always pops up there um when you play in Smash 64 um with with that dog curl up. How? How? How laboratories. Um yeah, I was it was interesting to see him kind of race to the top of that and then eventually work his way into Nintendo though. But I am very interested to see this book. This book doesn't come out until next year. So I think what is it? 2022, I think, is when the book actually comes out, though. But you can see a little small little description on it on Amazon right now, though. But yeah, just keep, just keep your eyes out on that book because uh, I think that would be an interesting one to add to your collection if you're a strong Nintendo gamer. Just kind of see exactly where Reggie came from, um, the trials and tribulations he had to kind of experience to get up to that point, leading to where he is now, and then obviously where he's retired now, he's kind of, you know, just kicking back and chilling. At least for the most part, except for him making this book, though. But yeah, that's basically all I have to report on that. Not necessarily gamer-related, though, but but it's Reggie, though. It's Reggie. Like, I, I have to talk about him within the gaming segment, though, or at least gaming news, because of everything he's managed to do for Nintendo. But that's basically all I have to say on this topic, though. So let's go ahead and move on to my very last topic in terms of our gaming um in terms of my gaming news and that is none other 
than the Steam Deck. This long-awaited, sort of kind of like a rumor um, console or sort of kind of idea that Steam was going to basically put out like a hybrid version, something very similar that almost kind of could have competed with the Switch, and it's the Steam Deck. Now you can look at it on the screen right now if you're watching this on YouTube, or you can you go you can just Google it or whatever. You listen to the podcast version or whatever of it though. But you can look at this controller right here. You see like the A B X Y buttons, similar format to you know like an Xbox controller with the button layout right there though. However, the thing that's really kind of jarring when I'm looking at this system is where they put that um, where they put the buttons and the sticks at. Like they're literally. The D-pad's almost falling off the controller as well as those buttons. I was like, dang, I was like, that looks so far off. Honestly, I feel like my hand would cramp or wouldn't be the most comfortable. I, I think we had some people in the industry actually report on this and saying, you know what, it actually feels good for them in their hands of how um, how it plays or whatever, though. So a few people did manage to go hands-on with it, though, but... I mean, just personally looking at it, I don't know if it'll be the most comfortable thing on it, though. But yes, this is primarily going to run any of your Steam games that you have on your account, and you're going to be able to basically play it in handheld mode. But there is an option where you can actually dock it if you buy the separate... Yes, the dock doesn't actually come with it, but it's a separate part that you can basically do. And pre-orders have already opened up. You basically drop down like a $5 deposit, and then uh, that basically holds your spot for it. And then obviously you'll pay more of the money out um, as we get kind of closer on to the launch though. However, the price for it actually ranges depending on what you get inside it. Because there's like three different models. So at the baseline um, model, you have the one that costs about $399. That basically comes with 64 gigabytes of internal storage. That's the first one and that's the bottom of the tier. Then you move one tier up and it costs $529 with it being 256 gigabytes. And basically at that point, you get a little faster storage, the carrying case, exclusive Steam, community profile, bundle, etc. And I think that's when they start um, putting in, I believe, a solid state drive, I wanted to say, uh, starts to get um, implemented in there. So that's why it starts to kind of speed your stuff up. And then at the most expensive premium tier is the one that costs $649. And at that point, you manage to get 512 gigabytes of internal storage. Um, and with that, you you know, along with the faster storage, you also get premium anti-glare etched glass. Um, you get you still get the carrying case that you got from the previous package. Um, and also you get an exclusive virtual keyboard theme. So yeah, so basically as you upgrade up, you get more storage as well as I think the mid-tier is where you start incorporating the solid state drive and whatnot, though. So honestly, it looks like a pretty cool nifty device. And the fact that it's not being placed like within any, you know, typical retailers like your Best Buy, your Target, your Walmart, your Amazon, since it's not being placed there and you have to order it through Valve's site itself, it's definitely going to make it like a very niche product. Because I think for most people, this isn't going to, this is a way how you can basically get into um, the PC, you know, gaming side of things. This can help bridge the gap. However, I don't think seeing this right here to an average consumer or just a, you know, someone that casually games or whatever, I don't think that they're going to see this like, oh, okay, this is my way in and you're going to get like mass droves of people kind of lining up trying to pre-order or buy the system. But I think it's more so for people that already have a mass Steam library, like my good friend Sonic U here, um, you know, that attends the podcast and whatnot, though. Where someone like him, who has a massive Steam library, now you get to tell him if he gets this one device, he can go through and basically go through and play all of his games on the go like that. And then also, if he, you know, I think he said he was going to get the dock, be able to dock it himself and then um, be able to plug it up. And then you'd be able to play it on your TV or slash whatever you connect it up to, your monitor, whatever, though. So it's kind of a nifty device that gives you a little more flexibility to play your Steam games. In that regard, it actually seems pretty cool and pretty unique. But also, it is sort of kind of open and it kind of acts like a computer in a way because basically you can put your own stuff out there and your own pro programs. Like you can put Dolphin up on there and a lot of other different stuff. So, I mean, it'll be a crazy way to basically play GameCube games or some people will emulate Switch games or whatever, or emulate whatever kind of games you want on there. Um, you know, if you own them, whatever, though. And uh, you'll be able to go through and play all of those games, though. So in terms of, you know, in terms of doing emulated stuff, 
it's actually going to be pretty cool and pretty unique to be able to have all your stuff on one device like that. So it is going to be interesting in that regard, though. But I think for the most part, Valve is creating this just to keep people within the um, within the actual ecosystem on Steam because I don't think they're actually going to make a lot of money off of this considering how expensive the thing is already to make. So they're just trying to kind of get people into the Steam library and it's going to be kind of make it interesting if they sell these things not making too much of a profit off of it but if people are just using this to basically emulate a bunch of games or what what kind of advantage does that kind of add to steam i mean i'm just saying that's just something i kind of thought about though but um but yeah it is gonna be interesting me personally i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy this or pick it up though but i do know that sonic u will pick this up so whenever he does manage to get this in his hands I can't remember exactly uh, when I think the first um, shipment of these things are going to go out, though. But I think, okay, wait, so I got it here on the page. So um, quarter tw quarter two of 2022 is whenever um, whenever the first wave went out. And I think right now pre-orders are almost going up all the way into quarter three of 2022 um, at the moment, though. So, yeah, so that's just kind of a heads up. So they're literally only making as many as what they basically get uh pre-orders um down for the product though at least that's kind of how they're handling it at the moment though so yeah if you really do want one of these i might as well go ahead and jump on it otherwise you're gonna be a, a little bit late to the game in terms of you know when you're gonna be able to have it in your hands compared to some other friends or some other people online and when they might have theirs on hand though but whenever it does arrive um, and whenever my good friend Sonic managed to get it on hand, uh, we'll talk about it here on the podcast. I'll allow him to share his thoughts on it because it's kind of funny how this, along with the Switch Pro, managed to drop roughly within the same kind of week. And literally, this is legit almost like the Switch Pro. And it's kind of good to kind of give Nintendo a little bit of competition. It's not going to be like, you know, this this ain't no Switch killer or nothing like that. I've been seeing people talk about this stuff online. And them saying like, well, this is the Switch killer and all of this stuff. And it's like, well, th this is going to outdo the Nintendo Switch or, you know, Nintendo met or match or whatever. No, literally, this doesn't have any exclusives or anything like that. And this basically is going to be primarily for that small audience that already has a crap ton of Steam games, but they just want to be able to have a little bit of flexibility um, with where they want to play it. Make it. You know, you can hop in a car with it, you can drive, or you can hop on a plane and literally, you know, play the game on it, you know, play the game on it while you're, you know, flying to and from whatever, though. So, yeah, so I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. I mean, over through the course of his lifespan, it might sell anything between a million or two million, though. But I don't expect it to be like a super hot item that's just going to, you know, sell out real fast. And then um, people are still going to be wanting like a high demand for this one project. At least that's this or one item. At least that's what I actually think about this one thing, though. But y'all got to let me know in the comment section down below whether or not are you personally interested in picking up one of these um one of these Steam decks, though, or you're going to be like me and just, you know, sort of kind of skip it, but you just kind of keep your eye on it just to kind of see how what people kind of think about it, though. And basically, if this, if we can see a stronger version of what basically what a next generation Switch could be, maybe this can get, get Nintendo sort of kind of an idea like, hey, you know what, people might like these sort of kind of specs is up in this um, Steam Deck to be within like the next generation that comes after the switch i'm just saying nintendo i mean that that might be a pretty good solid idea right there uh i mean hey hey you can you can take these ideas for free uh you know just just drop me a little cash every now and then though I, I, i'm just saying though i'm just saying though but that's basically all i have to say um for the steam deck though and that basically concludes all of the different gaming news topics that i have to discuss so now let's go ahead and jump over to this new segment i'm creating uh that's called uh what you've been playing so basically I'll go ahead and start off with the with the first two main highlights of what I've basically been dropping off most of my time up in. The first one being is Monster Hunter Stories 2, which roughly dropped out a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Fridays ago. And I, I've been going through and playing that game and I've been enjoying the, the the vast majority of this game. I mean, I really loved it from the second I got my hands on the demo. And I did a I did a you know like a, a stream on the demo version on it so that's on my channel as well as i did like a launch stream of the game as well so basically you got like two different video streams of me going through and playing monster hunter stories 2 on my channel so you can go ahead and check out both of those though 
But honestly, I really did love all my stuff or all the different interactions that this game has to offer because it sort of kind of plays somewhat similar to like Pokemon in degree. Like you're going through, you're training up these monsters, but they like to call them monsties, which I don't think I saw anybody on the internet at all be like, hey, I actually like calling my monsters monsties and whatnot. They're like, I was like, uh, I like to call them monsters. Like, like, okay, that, that sounds a little bit better than monsties. Something like, like what a kid might say or something like that. But that thought aside, though, the um, the the environments and stuff look all super stunning. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was like, man, I was like, when you set that camera still and you just kind of st- take a step back, just even on the menu screen or wherever else you're standing on or at within the game, it just looks really beautiful, really colorful. And honestly, I could see why this game sort of kind of gravitated to me personally a bit more rather than Monster Hunter Rise, which I'll get into Monster Hunter Rise at some point. Uh, uh, some point soon, you might see me playing. And uh, I mean, that's just a little hint or a little, you know, a little drop by a little hint, whatever, though. But this game right here, in terms of its RPG elements and the way how you actually get to battle within this game is very unique as well. Because basically, you control your character and to a level or small degree, you get to control your monster as well. Like You can kind of redirect them in ways like, hey, I want you to use this one kind of special attack. But outside of that, you know, any kind of people that you might be having on your team or monsters, for the most part, you don't have any control over them. But you have to sort of kind of work around them in order to basically plan your strategy up, the lineup, because it's basically like a rock, paper, scissors mechanic that allows you to go through. And it's like, yeah, power, speed, or like technical, you know, and they got them colonated like red, blue, and green respectively, though. So yeah, you're kind of cycling out between all three of those, though. And it's like a rock, paper, scissors match with, with the enemies that you're facing, though. So you kind of have to line them up the best way whenever you're doing that. And it, it, it just feels so good but yet so unique like i don't see a lot of games out there that allows you to go through and play through a game like that where i, I don't feel like i've played this sort of kind of mechanic within like an rpg out there um that's been sort of kind of similar to this like i, I haven't ran into a lot of stuff like that and that's just what kind of has like a really kind of nice fresh little atmosphere of, around it though and one other um person i know off of discord he managed to get through the game um shoot like I, he he had like a really um fun little blast through it because i think he managed to get through i think it probably took him roughly at least with the story stuff alone roughly about 50 ish hours or so so you know pretty good typical kind of standard size for an rpg like that i think me personally i think i put between seven and ten hours into the game right now though not too far i managed to get my um uh, i managed to get the egg the you know like the rathalos egg i managed to get it with my raised wing wrath, uh, managed to make it hatch, and I'm moving out from that part of the game to the the next. I think it's like the third village is where I'm about to head to next. That's where where I'm roughly at in the game though. But y'all gotta let me know whether or not have you managed to pick this game up, or if you're still hesitant on it because it is you know it's console exclusive to the Switch, but you can also play it on PC as well. The only little tab, you know. The only thing that kind of gets on my skin just a little bit, the only little knock to this game is just the frame rate because depending on where you're at, oftentimes you kind of see a dip and fluctuate. I don't know if it's like a it's supposed to aim for a solid 30, but I feel like it's dropping in the 20s or whatever, though. Or if there's some moments where it is 60, but it often drops to 30 or whatever, though, in certain ways, like where you're paying the camera around or if you're running through a certain environment or whatever, though. That's my only little knock to the game. But outside of that, it's a very visually beautiful looking game. And uh, I, I I just feel at home while playing this game. Like, it just feels that good to me, honestly, though. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on Monster Hunter Stories 2. But if you want to hear a little bit more of my thoughts or what I thought about it live in the moment, you can watch both my demo um, playthrough stream as well as my launch stage stream if you want to check that out. But that was one of the games I was playing. Uh, another game I've been recently playing is, yes, we did have Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD that did manage to drop out um, Friday. So literally like a couple of days ago. And I think and I went and did a launch stream of it. And basically, that's all I played of the game so far. I do plan on playing more of it, though. And at least for that first little bit of a run, I, I was just going through and playing it with motion controls. Because honestly, I was one of those people that really didn't have any issues with me going through it and playing the motion controls back then. 
And uh, I, I just don't understand the argument of the whole Skyward Sword being like a pretty bad gang. Because honestly, I was like, bruh, I was like, what the heck? I was like, I was going through it, swinging this thing 10 whole years ago. Like, golly, this game is old. And, and I'm starting to get old. Like, what the freak? But anyway, this game came out a whole decade ago. And I was like, bruh, I was like, y'all telling me y'all couldn't grasp that sword with your right hand and grasp that shield with your nunchuck with your left hand and uh control link and swing around i didn't have no issues as a kid playing that game while i was growing up yet somehow some way i think most adults or might have been teenagers at the time which you know now they're adults now i guess couldn't have like a strong grasp on it. i don't know but for me skyward sword was one of those games within the legend zelda um series it was actually the very first zelda game i ever played it was thanks to my brother my brother was the one that originally got it and then i, I just happened to play right behind him because i think he asked for it for christmas or something like that that's what got me into Legend of Zelda. So maybe it was my first game or whatever, though. But then I went through and played a whole bunch of other Zelda games. I was like, no, this is still one of my most favorite Zelda games right here because the story is so good. And literally, this is the best version of Zelda right there, though. And I don't even have to tell you about Groos, the way how his character growth and development goes from start to finish in this game makes him a pretty loved and beloved character. I'm like, really, you can go on Twitter and go and find and dig through Nintendo's tweets. Like, they literally gave, like, a Groose appreciation Um to him like on the launch day of legend of zelda like changed her profile pick out and everything though it was really nice though but honestly been really loving um the improvements to the game 60 frames per second you can you know control the camera around and move it into like a full 360 degree circle and whatnot though i was like dang i, I really do love uh, and appreciate this and i know my good friend over there alexis i i know he played the crap out of this game though he got pretty far i think he, i think he about to play nothing but skyward sword um he played nothing but Skyward Sword, I think, on that launch day, though. Hopefully, I can have him back on the podcast here soon because I kind of want to hear his thoughts of what he's been um, liking the experience so far because I think he's been primarily playing with button controls. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I, I just played with motion so far. I will dabble with the button controls, though, um, here soon just to kind of get a feel of what that's basically like, though. But honestly, you know, the game's really solid. I, I still love and appreciate everything about it, though. I do like how you can kind of skip through cutscenes and then uh, skip the tutorials because I was like, I, I still know a good chunk of this stuff. It might have been a decade since I last played this game, though, but I still sort of kind of know a good chunk of about the game. So I was like, I was, it was nice to be able to kind of skip through all the tutorials and stuff. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Um, in terms of my little thoughts on Skyward Sword, though. But y'all got to let me know, uh, what do you think about this game? Oh, real quick, though. I did have to mention that, yes, uh, I did manage to get the Amiibo as well as I managed to get the Joy-Cons. The Joy-Cons look pretty sick. I did manage to drop that video, um, an unboxing of me unboxing the Joy-Cons on the channel. It actually did fairly well. It got over 300 plus, uh, I want to say maybe 350 plus at, at the moment of this recording now, um, views on the channel. So it did pretty well. So I, I do appreciate all y'all kind of tuning in and um, looking toward, um, looking at that unboxing. I would have done the Amiibo too if it happened to came in on the same day, day, but I think it came later on that launch day on Friday. I felt like at that point, probably too many people were doing their own unboxing. I was like, ah, I probably won't even mess with it though. But I was, it was nice to be able to actually get those Amiibo come in early through target and i actually managed to get it um on that thursday right before the launch so i i think that's like the only thing i i think in recent memory i'm thinking of where i was able to actually get some kind of product that was released by nintendo a little earlier um before the street date release so that did kind of feel pretty cool in itself though but i really did like that though but yeah i, I just have to go ahead and mention that out and that amiibo though i, I know people are kind of upset at how expensive it was but honestly, the level of detail on that amiibo with Zelda and her loft wing, I was like, man, that, that's a lot of detail. And it just feels really nice, though. Kind of sucks how, you know, that quick travel feature where you're able to do it anywhere on the surface to get back to the sky is locked behind amiibo. But there are plenty of bird statues around um every area of the game so don't feel like you don't it's not necessarily like a necessity to have that amiibo to be able to move back and forth between the ground and the sky at will though but i was just letting y'all know i was like you can get through the game with just having the amiibo or not amiibo you can get through the game by just you know playing it through it normally it's just that amiibo might be a little more convenient with some of the side quests you have to do when you have to like hit a block on the ground that makes a, a pillar of light go up to the sky and you have to hit the or go to the treasure chest to basically get the get the goods out of it though. I feel like that might be the most helpful thing um within the 
within the game with having that amiibo though but outside of that it's not a necessity so don't fear or worry about that but that's pretty much it in terms of my thoughts on skyward sword and um basically anything else uh any other games I've been playing? I mean, I've still been going through and playing my Metroid Zero Mission. I will be doing, or I do plan on doing my typical stream that I do on Monday nights um, for my, my gaming streams for it to be tomorrow night. And I'll I'll pick up with my third session of Metroid Zero Mission. I think I was right in front of the spot where I was about to fight Ridley next. So you do have the look forward to that um tomorrow so i should be able to face the man himself though i mean i mean it's ridley you got you gotta pump this up you gotta you gotta hype it up i mean shoot you, you know ridley you know how ridley is i was like i, I gotta go toe-to-toe -to -toe with this man I'll, i always like it whenever i get to see him in the game though i think he's like one of the coolest um nintendo um antagonists that are out there no I, I just really like um samus and ridley's reactions like that though so i really do look forward to that and me going through and playing that tomorrow night though so i uh, look forward to that and outside of that, um, I've been playing Persona 5 Royal as well. Um, I, I've been playing that, I think, ever since June, whenever I got the PS5 originally. And I already mentioned about how I just beat that Akumara boss a little earlier on in this podcast, though. So, yeah, that's basically, those are the main four I've been playing. Persona 5 R, uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, a little bit of Skyward Sword, and then Metroid Zero Mission. I've only been playing that on Monday nights for my stream, though. But those are basically some of the recent games I've been playing, though. I really do need to pick up and play um, Ace Attorney 3, because I was literally on the last um, trial for that one. And I kind of want to get that one out of the way before... <clears throat> I really want to get that one out of the way before goodness the great ace attorney actually drops because once the great ace attorney drops i'm like I, I want to be done with the original trilogy so i'll be ready to play that game and and hopefully and hopefully with that i'll be able to get that one out of the way and i'll be ready to go for the great ace attorney whenever that one actually drops though but that's basically all i have in terms of the what you've been playing segment though but that's basically it in terms of everything I wanted to talk about and discuss from, you know, my pop culture segment, gaming segment, as well as uh, what you've been playing segment, though. So, yeah, so I, I really hope y'all enjoyed this podcast, though. And um, I, I really do like and enjoy doing these, you know, every two weeks whenever I do manage to drop these out, though. And it is going to be nice that y'all going to be able to hear on your preferred outlet of choice. If for some reason you don't happen to have um, YouTube open up and you're just trying to listen to me talk or whatever, though though during my podcast though because you are able to hear me on like spotify apple Podcasts, as well as google podcast so i will get it caught up so hopefully by the time um hopefully by the time that i do have my zarcast episode 14 up you should be able to hear every other podcast up until that point on those three respective platforms of your of your choosing or whatever though so yeah, so I am trying to branch out, trying to do some new things, though, and I might twist up the show a little bit more um, by the time episode 14 comes out, though. But that's going to basically do it in terms of this one podcast, though. So if you really like this video, make sure to go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and that bell or share this podcast if you happen to be listening to um, a, a different um, podcast service, though. Share it around. Spread the word. Hey, I... Uh, I try to do, uh, I try to provide y'all entertainment. I mean, you know, you know, the world's out there is a pretty stressful, kind of busy, crazy little um, space. And anything I can do to sort of kind of relieve that stress for y'all or just be able to kind of chill back, kind of go through gaming news, just kind of hear everything from me and stuff. Um, it, it, it's just very interesting though. So, um, so yeah, so special shout out to Sylveon. Thanks for seeing you over there in the chat. Um, like to hear more of your persona thoughts over there it was nice hearing your persona thoughts uh whenever i was talking about the persona 25th anniversary and whatnot though that's going to basically do it for this video though so if you really like this video make sure to go ahead and hit the like button subscribe button share the video share the podcast all that good stuff though so remember y'all until whatever video i make next see y'all